Hey, I was just thinking. When we stopped for gas this morning, I think it was you who put the oil in. Hey, if you're gonna say I didn't put the right kind in, you're wrong. I used 10W30. And besides, motor oil would have nothing to do with this accident. True. But you can't latch the hood too well if you don't take the can out, you no-selling waste of space. I swear to God, you're worthless. And that's the Smoking Tire Podcast intro. <laughs> we're using Tommy Boy. That's what we're doing right now. Because <laughs> we're, we're serious. And we have, a, we have very serious guests today. What number are we at? 80-something. It's 85. It don't 84. matter. 85. We got Dan Neal in the house joining us. Hello. As I said last week, making the J-turn through Los Angeles to Pebble Beach. That's correct. As they That's all right. do. <laughs> and uh, master of diesel engines, turbocharged engines, Gail Banks in the house as well. Welcome, sir. Yeah, it's a Hello. pleasure. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you making the drive. No problem. Was that a, was that a, a Jetta TDI? That was a Jetta in? TDI. Yeah, it's got stickers on it. Did you? We've, make it we've go had fast? our we've had our way with it. Is it go fast now? Yeah, we call that leverage. <laughs> <laughs> is it fi- is it really five horsepower? So that's on per their sticker? way to Pebble Beach. Thank you. Hmm? Is it really five horsepower per sticker? He's the Honda Club sticker, guys huh? told me. Yeah. That. I know it's yeah. one second per racing stripe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what'd you do to the Jetta? Uh, kind of made it. Uh, <laughs> Pro touring. What? Yeah. Pro touring Jetta. Yeah, I kind of I, I cheated the engine manage, management. Okay, I gotta jump in. Can I just jump in? Right, right. Yeah, you can jump Go in. Ahead. What is yeah. your relationship with Bosch these days? Okay, because one <laughs> of the things, <laughs> just well, diving into the heavy material. Oh, well, this is this is this is relevant. Okay, you've taken a very standard OEM car with very that let's say the engine was undertaxed, but you yes. know, so it had some headroom. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you've remapped it, which means that and, and and this goes back to the model A that you first rebuilt. Uh, <laughs> it does. Four cylinders. Yeah. Everything is a trade off. Durability versus uh, a thermal well, management. This is a good conversation. And, uh, oh, yeah. and horsepower oh, yeah. output. Okay, so and but Bosch is in the business of making among other things the injectors for that engine. Yes, and, and the engine management. And the engine management. Yeah, now, yeah. is that an antagonistic relationship with the OEMs or the tier ones like Bosch? Uh, my relationship with them? well, it's just your technical staff's relationship with when the new specs come out, right? Are they yeah. cooperative? He, yeah, exactly. Are, are, they are they cooperative, cooperative? or is this a competition, or have you ever trumped them in a way that they did not like? No, I've, I've had an association with Bosch since. We turboed the Volvo Red Block back in the B21, uh, 1976. By the way, thanks for that, Turbo Bricks. We yeah, got, you yeah. have to give love to the Turbo Bricks. Turbo bricks. So, Great cars. Yeah, well, I did the first one. <laughs> the 242 Turbo? Did you do that the one? 244. And the 244. 240. Oh, 244. Yeah, and, Sweden, and I saw the just more through. doors. The bottom, the bottom line was they had the first O2 sensor. Mm-hmm. Bosch and Volvo did it together. And then I built a Volvo powertrain for a large research safety vehicle that Joan Claybrook was involved in. Oh, let's not bash Joan Claybrook. I'm sorry. Am I, am I, am I, <laughs> did I bash her? Not yet, but you I were just, getting teased. No, no, no. Bottom line, bottom line, it was a crash-worthy big car. Okay. Uh, they wanted to meet 1985 standards in 1976 and 77. And build a crash car, you know. So there were two agenda there. We built the first electronic injected O2 sensing turbo engine on the planet. That was in that Volvo. That was awesome. In the two four four, it was a thirty thousand dollar deal. My question is though, uh, dirt. 
if, if a lot back if then. Bosch, yeah, it was. Okay, okay. <laughs> this, is a, this is a question that drives me crazy. If Bosch, who has uh, you know hundreds of engineers whose design whose goal is to uh, optimize all aspects of this componentry, so you, you would assume yes. that if there was more to be gained, they would have gained it if they could gain it safely. So, so the aftermarket community has uh, comes in and changes things that are highly vetted and 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 terribly modeled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it, it, sometimes it seems reckless. Hey Dan, and, can you choke up on your mic a little bit? Yeah, no. sometimes yeah, it yeah. seems yeah. reckless. So, you can see the so, same thing so, about all tuning. Well, you're, the, some of the cars you drive are absolutely insane, <laughs> and they're, and they're not going to last a weekend. Uh, uh, so that's, I, I had a German threaten me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a German? I did the uh, keynote at, at Ward's Ten Best uh, Engine. Yeah. In 2009. Yeah. And, and among them uh, was Norbert Krause, who did the engine that's in that little car. That was his program. And I kind of flashed on the screen what I'd done with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I did a clone of that uh, TDI Cup type of oh, car. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, a normal sedan. And I flashed that on the screen and when Norbert got up to get his award, first thing he did was look <laughs> down at me, and this is a large German man with big hands, and he points at me with one of those hams, and he says, Now, Gail, don't you go too far. <laughs> so that was the Volkswagen yeah. viewpoint, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's, there's, there's headroom. Yeah, and normally I didn't do it with that's, this. That's warranty protection. But yeah, the, the, uh, lawyer, well, the lawyers yes. make the headroom. I think I don't think the engineers yeah. make the headroom. Well, that and accounting. Yeah, the accountants uh, and the lawyers yeah, buy and, all and, that. In a lot of respects, they don't know where the fuse is in their own. They've got the durability. They're satisfied with it. They're selling it and they're warranting it. Yeah. The bottom line is, where is it really? Where are the failure points? Well, that, and, and normally I found, find those, those failure points by racing that <laughs> engine. The, the thing that's you know. shown up to me over the last few years is that it's very clear that the American truck manufacturers are sandbagging on their diesel engines just so they have headroom every five years to crank it up another 50 horsepower. That's what it really seems like to, to Yeah, like there's that. a horsepower war going on. Odd you think it would be mileage. You, but you there's would, a horsepower yeah. war going on between GM and Ford specifically uh and you know i've I've got friends on both sides of it uh the bottom the bottom line is it's tempered by emissions right yeah i want can i always tempered by emissions can we just talk about gas engines sure uh gas (laughs) i do that too yeah i know i want to get the uh, gas v8 push rod Mm -hmm. um uh the Past ten years have seen the efficiency of these units and compactness, the specific efficiency uh, and uh, a specific output of these engines go up. Plus, you know, the transmissions have made them twenty-five, yeah, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven mile per gallon trucks. Um, yes. Where are the? Where do you think the biggest single gain was? The direct ignition? Oh, are you talking about gas for gas engines? Well, gas engines, yeah, 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 gas. Yeah. Engine. Would you uh, say that was the biggest gain? Or is it uh, stop start? <laughs> stop start is like two or three. Yeah, that's for urban cycle. It's good. The the uh, to me, uh, eight and nine speed transmissions are really responsible for a lot of it. Uh, direct injection, torque curve is way better. What? Uh, yeah. It's what about more like downsized displacement and turbocharging too? Is that you know? 
or not? Or are they just not really down? They're not really down yeah. to the displacement that much, are they? Now you're preaching what I preached at GMI in 1980. <laughs> Yeah. Except what the I, hell took them thirty years? I mean, yeah, it's just, okay. I'll I'll, you know, I'll play devil's advocate. I'll yeah, tell you computers. why. Computers. Here's what they you advocated: small displacement turbocharging. Uh, is that right? That's right. Okay. So the downside of, is heat load in under the hood, and uh, and durability. Now, what might have changed in the past 20, 20 years is that uh, turbochargers have become almost unbreakable. Uh, I mean, really hard to spool one off. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 the other thing is uh, um, the managing the heat underneath. Now, do, you, do you think? Uh, I think you were wrong then and right now is what I'm saying. Because uh, uh, 30 years ago, the, the technology wasn't uh, ready for small displacement turbo. I'll tell you why it didn't happen. I mean, uh, uh, 73, we had a fuel crunch. 79, 80, we had a fuel crunch. Uh, we kind of niggled around turbo turbocharging Buick I can remember sitting in and this is the reason I can remember sitting in a, in a situation at Buick where the guys the turbo vendor was there and I worked on the 77 pace car the first turbo thing they did at Buick the GNX wasn't it no uh, uh, 1970 this is a turbo was right? turbo. yeah this is 10 years prior this is they had discontinued their V8 engine. They were so shocked by the Arab oil embargo. They discontinued this 455 and all the other iterations. They bought back the tooling they did in the 50s at Cliff Studeker's V6 from some company down in Brazil. They sucked it back, <laughs> and they started making in the 70s a 50s technology engine. Mm -hmm. That made it like 135 horsepower, 3.8 liters. They put it in a Regal. Uh, they won the Indy Pace Car deal. They took the Regal over there, and USAC laughed at them off the property. They said, make it fast. It's like, get the hell out of here. The roadster's going to run over you. You never make the pits. Uh, come back. Come back when you got some power. So, so to clarify, dude, the pace car was too slow to actually pace the race. Absolutely, USAC <laughs> had standards and the minimum performance, Minim acceleration, and it was yeah, way yeah. below that. So uh, come well, on, you know when I think performance, I think four. mid seventies Regal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. We've got yeah. this. We've got this Regal with a V six in it, uh, and Air Research Garrett. Yep. Which is near here. Oh, sends them, sends them Walt Ware, yeah. who's running the place, sends them turbocharging hardware. They can't quite figure it out. So he calls me. He said, Banks, you're going to Flint with me. And I'm going, okay, <laughs> what are we doing? It, it, and he gives me the whole spiel. And I go, okay, I'm, I'm on with it, Walt. But I don't have a lot of money, so i got a room with you, which we did. And I go back there, and they got these two big gauges, boost and exhaust, turbine inlet pressure. Mm -hmm. Dan, I'll get to your answer in 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and I says, what's the boost? And they go, it's seven or eight pounds. And I says, what's the turbine inlet pressure, the back pressure? They said, about 30. I said, what? Yeah. You need four speeds in reverse. This thing should run backwards. You know, it's just ridiculous. We figured it out. They paced Andy. Lloyd Royce, who was chief engineer, then went over to Chevy, chief engineer. Comes back to Buick. And... I get sucked into a Hot Rod project, Hot Rod magazine project, to build this Super Regal in 1981. Right. 
So I do a 454 horse twin turbo version of the awesome. little 38. There you go. And Super this thing cool. runs in the 12s, and it's oh, just. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was a model of tractability. It, it was a <laughs> wonderful setup. By the way, I'm looking at pictures of your 76 Buick pace car here, man. That thing is a looker. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah. That is a big girl. <laughs> there, there. My memory's off by a year. It was 76. This may be the biggest so, car to ever have T tops installed. It's, it's insanely like ugly. It's probably got all the freaking structural rigidity of Here's wet lasagna, too. I'm going to answer Dan's question now. I'm sitting at a meeting at Buick. We had done this prototype vehicle. It appeared in Hot Rod, full page. Me and Junior Johnson with Walter's like, yeah, car. Right, yeah. And, uh, and it, the thing, the argument is the turbocharger is 68 bucks, and these guys are going... We built our engine for sixty-eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right. That's probably right. That's, uh, I'm sure that was right. And it was a cost issue. Now they're talking about an unburdened cost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, but 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 the bottom line was, I mean, I did a lot of valve gear development for Chevy, and the first time I punched push rods through rockers. I said, send me some more of this stuff. They said, we'll send you another engine. Engine, it's cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> the logistics. Sure. And I'm going, what? That's crazy. So they were so pennywise, pennywise one, and pound foolish. One of the General reasons Motors, you didn't see no. turbos more, more. We've been forced diesel and gasoline by the environmental contingent to clean up our frickin' act, and we've we've done it, and it's forced technology that's beneficial for all engines. Have you ever developed? I'm sorry. Have you ever developed a variable vane diesel uh, turbo? I I did a. a it's in the NHRA Museum. Uh, back in the 70s, I did a variable volute. The reason I yeah. ask is that you, if, a variable geometry. You, got yes. a, you're, you so, sell a lot of software for your cars, and mm -hmm. you, can, you, you're, you can shape those slopes any way you like. Exactly. You, you have broad authority. If you, yes. if you had broad authority over your valve or your, uh, your vein attack angle, Indeed. Like, like, uh, um, like BMW has in theirs, mm -hmm. uh, you can gain a lot of. Well, then you can get that low end torque that diesel's been missing. But it's, uh, <laughs> and, well, I, I'm, I'm just. I'm talking but it's, about it's, it's, it's an expensive way to make it. And just don't mind them. Uh, <laughs> it's an expensive way to make a turbocharger, but it really, really works. Yeah. Uh, the exhaust temperatures on gas, gasoline are much higher. Yeah. And uh, Porsche, I think, has a model with variable geometry. Yeah, the turbos yeah, are one of the I believe yeah. that's the only one. I believe they're also you know. ceramic bearing turbos. <laughs> the 997 yeah. turbo. Yeah, yeah, I have an honest yeah. question in, in the same vein as yours is that, no pun intended, actually. Um, are the are the veins on a diesel turbo normally steeper for the low end build or for building power at low end than a gas turbo or well there's no variable geometry gas turbos other than that Porsche other model. Than the Porsche one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's a million variations on the theme. Uh the first guy to patent this kind of held the technology until somebody found a way around and now there's like three or four different variable well, geometry like variants. Some guys have gotten over so, it. Like Toyota did it of course with their sequential setup and then it looks like BMW is going to do it with their triple turbo setup on the new M3s. So it looks like, you know, while they don't have a variable setup, they're going about it like the brute force way by mm -hmm. well, we'll just use another size turbo. What I think is interesting is that uh, if you think of an engine as a gas flow bench, mm -hmm. uh, you have all these places of adjustability now that you didn't have 20 or 30 years ago because of uh, electronic modeling uh, of the uh, engine. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, valve uh, uh, timing and uh, height, uh, lift. Well, I mean, um, yeah. 
and on all and all and then the uh, turbo pressure you know you got manifold pressure. absolution pressure you got incoming air temperature you've got wideband o2 sensors on the exhaust and everything is controlled like it's yeah. like a giant flute uh these yeah engines. we call it in engineering it's called degrees of freedom sorry uh i call it uh having a lot of balls in the air mm -hmm. you know and and but that that has gained you a lot right it has uh, and 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 when you go into diesel these there's more they're more difficult to calibrate so when when we get a gasoline project it's like oh thank god we go we got a holiday and even there though to dan's point this stuff is stunningly complex and and usually there are teams of guys spending millions of dollars to come up with one calibra calibration that meets the performance criteria, the mileage criteria, and the emissions criteria, and is competitive, competitive in the marketplace. And, wa and a, and a warrant, warranty. Yeah. Yeah. You know. all, all of the above. And then I come, in, I come in and I hack the living hell out of it. I yeah. know. That's what so, I'll say. Yeah. 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 I, my question is on this is how, how upset do like the GM and the, and the Dodge guys and the Ford guys get with you with these piggyback systems that once a, once an end user pulls them off, they have no real way of telling what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. Well, that goes back to Dan's original question, yeah. which is: Are the manufacturers get pissed when you start messing around with their stuff that they dump, you know, fifty million dollars into? Yeah, we, we always. I don't like to go over to somebody's house and violate the host. Uh, and, really? And, and, and no, are you sure? You know, or hostess? What if the host yeah, yeah, say, <laughs> You know, I, I'm not a guy who comes to dinner. What does the hostess look like? First of well, all, we need to establish. You know, all these qualifiers with him. And it's an open marriage. <laughs> right, right. It's, if you can so, get 200 more so, foot pounds out of that but, hostess, but you know where I'm at here. <laughs> you, know, you know, if my equipment goes on a vehicle. It's like I go come over to your house for dinner, and, and, and then, then after dinner, I go out in the kitchen and break all the china. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to do that. Wow. So, but, Gail, you we, do. It's a little bit. But I have, you I kind have, of sort of do that. Well, yeah, I do do that. But I, <laughs> but I, you kind of sort of do I, that. I have some safety margin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be, right. I, I'll be, I'll out, be out of business. Yeah, well, exactly. so, uh, it, the proof's in the pudding. So, yeah. I mean, your stuff works, and that's why it's still. The, the, I, the, the bottom line is we, we started with Bosch. For five years, I stopped two years ago. For five years, I accompanied Bosch to kind of MC like diesel days up in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. and, and all the guys, the, the Daimler guys and the Volkswagen guys, they're all there. And I'm kind of running the, running the show. I, was on, I, I had a stipend for five years mm -hmm. to do that. And finally, finally I went, I, I, don't, I don't have enough time to do it. So... I have a good relationship with Bosch. Mm -hmm. I have a good relationship with all the OEMs, uh, well, especially you know. GM. Well, uh, I, yeah, I, we have world, <laughs> yeah. worldwide distribution rights for their uh, Duramax engine, and and we marine versions and car versions and truck. Eh, no, no pickup truck versions. I can't do that. But yeah. military, all the stuff. But do so, you, uh, so you don't you know, get, uh, do you find that, that people will sometimes, you know, go buy a brand new truck with the intention of just sending it right to you? Absolutely. Oh, you must get you dozens of, of those a year. You must get dozens of them a year. <laughs> yeah, we get dozens. Yeah. I know, I'm yeah. serious. Yeah. You, uh, they, you don't, they, people don't even see their trucks before it comes to you, right? It's the intent. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you it's, built a motor it's like, for they're friend, like, dude. we call them sidewinders. They're like tuner trucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that deal, Chubba drove one of my tuner cars, uh, Chubba Chetta, back in uh, 
84. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the first 200 mile an hour Firebird or passenger <laughs> didn't he, car. Didn't he put it on his lid? He flipped it. He didn't flip it. No, that's later in oh, a later later iteration. Another Firebird. That was yeah. you when it was a ZR1, Dan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, that's also true. But Chubby did put one on the lid in, uh, on Bonneville. But. It, it was a later version. Uh, Chubba didn't drive my Bonneville efforts. We went 283 with a Firebird. <laughs> With a like a what year like a power and windows it was all still there yeah. really? all the creature comforts put the journalist in the other seat two stock seats which you couldn't do today oh god push the eight track tape in and, yeah and well, that was tell them all about continue the to scream normally uh, yes. <laughs> so that was the car that that was the car that went I, on. I got to get you. We have a buddy seat in that semi. Yeah, that, that was the car that be, went to become the Turbo Trans Am that they sold on the on the on the uh, showroom floor, didn't it? Actually, uh, we did a twin turbo prototype for them, and it was an anniversary edition deal uh, that um, and that they was with the Buick three eight in it, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was originally one of my Marine uh, long blocks with twin turbos, and we we. D- d- did the deal over at Van Nuys Assembly where they build them. Took me a year to work it out with the unions. Mm. And finally, they lost their nerve on the $20,000 price threshold. They didn't want yeah. to go over twenty, So they bought the turbo motors from Buick and put them in there. And that would shake your feelings out. I mean, yeah. those were odd firing. Wait, well, they're 90-degree V6s, so they're inherently yeah. unbalanced. Speaking mm-hmm. of, uh, of Trans Ams with turbochargers, I found a Trans Am hmm. in, a, in a junkyard, okay? And it was called a Macho TA. <laughs> You're laughing. Do you remember the Macho TA? Was that an o- o- OEM? No, it was like a, you know, it was an aftermarket package deal. <laughs> No, you don't. No, okay. It was his old car. He didn't want to admit it. No, no, that might be close. There were some guys over in Arizona, and the father was a governor, and they owned these Pontiac dealerships, and they wanted the lot boy was Steve Saline. Come on, you just remember that right now? It's like a random yes. That's where I met Steve Saline. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. If, these, if, Steve, if a guy Steve Saline worked for built these cars, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. Okay, because this thing had like a like a like a, a a steam locomotive front air dam on it. Oh my god! And it was a 455 with a turbo and an automatic, and it had a Porsche 930 whale tail stuck on the back of it. Mm. If you 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 couldn't miss it if you saw it. Those were the old uh, Pontiac turbo motors without the intercooler, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, and, so, and the guy offered it to me for free if I got it out of there. You, you look pained at that thought. <laughs> um, Those back in the day, but before we could predict performance with the software, I'm talk, talk, talking about engine performance. Yeah. Uh, everybody was trying to lightweight the engines, and, and Pontiac was one of them, and they came up with this 301 cubic inch V8. With a two barrel, and this thing was so edgy. We're talking about warranty. They had me uh, do a four barrel dyno program, and light kick, fuse step away. Yeah, <laughs> kick the kick the main bearing base uh, <laughs> out of the block. I mean, it was like <laughs> this thing was so, you know, uh, not much headroom. N- no headroom. <laughs> no headroom whatsoever. 
Thank God for computerization. What yeah, motors do you work with now that you would you, that have the least amount of space left? Is there anything they're selling now that's like really tuned to the maximum? Yeah, there's not a lot of jeopardist stuff out there today. Everybody seems to be doing a pretty good job, and I'm not being gr- gratuitous. You sure? I'm not. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard, uh, it's hard I, I to mean, kill a stock vehicle. Well, it really uh, is. Uh, that's right. I, I mean, the metallurgy and and machining, uh, manufacturability, all, all off the scale compared to just 10 years ago. And so yeah, it's re- yes. it is hard to kill an OEM But uh, the biggest yeah. thing is now is that the tuning in the ECM will catch a thing. Well, that's exactly actually, right. It'll catch it and cut the you know, you can't pull even, timing. And you then, can't yeah. even over rev it anymore. Yeah. You can't zing the motor with a gearbox because they're electronically controlled. One of the things we're working on, uh, you know, those are safeties. I call it safing the engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've taken a uh, like a 110-year-old idea, which is water injection or water and methanol. Yes, I have something and, about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. and yes. and uh, we did a we had our way with a uh, three series BMW the other day with a three liter inline engine and the twin turbos. The, di- the diesel a, or the three thirty five? No, is it twenty eleven? Yeah, yeah, three thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. three hundred horse at the flywheel. Yeah, which is a yeah. big fat lie. And well, we got two thirty. We got two thirty at the ground. Yeah, and we started working our way through calibration and whiffing it with a water meth. Mm-hmm. And when we stopped, we were at the fourth level, and I said, "That's enough." And it was at we have gone from 230 to 333 at the rear wheels. With just software and meth injection. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, when but I'm properly you? modulated. I'm using a microprocessor right. to run the water meth. I mean, it, it's like a little ECU of its own. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but still, yeah. for, it's not a guy for, with a hose. Well, what's, what's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bill. What's the flow rate? What's the flow rate of this injector that you're putting this water well, in? Uh, yeah. There, the, the flow rate can be. Uh, I, we have 10 different injector flow rates right. for What's the, the individual I mean, injectors. Uh, Are we talking any, about parts per million? Uh, you know, oh, what's, the, what's the concentration? Yeah, the concentration uh, in this particular test is MW49. It's methanol water, 49% methanol. And we have a corrosion inhibitor and some other dye so people won't drink it. <laughs> and, and, you know, what it's, color, 100, it's 100 what proof, for choose? God's sakes. You got a good color for it? I chose red. Red, yeah, yeah, that's good. So that's good. Don't drink me red. But to Dan's question, the problem with this hundred-year-old idea is the modulation. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's these guys have a motor and a switch, you know, and a pinto windshield washer nozzle. (laughs) Well, they use a lot of guys just use a freaking nitrous window switch to light up the uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, so let's before we get too far down the road, yeah. let's talk about the basic premise of the water alcohol injection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, where along the I'm sorry, where along move, the just move your mic closer to your sorry, face. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Where's where are these uh, injectors or this injector in the uh, uh, assembly? Yeah, they 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 vary in their location. Uh, this thing we just ran at uh, you know the truck we ran at Pikes Peak. The semi, the semi truck, which uh, I believe is. it's a super turbo. So it, it's, we've got it's nozzles true. before the supercharger, mm-hmm. uh, after the air filtration, before the supercharger, and the latent heat of vaporization within that twin screw uh, brings up its uh, efficiency numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, off, and that is, is temp controlled by 
compressor inlet temperature on this massive turbocharger, which I I nicknamed Kong. Is there a so intercooler how, between? How big is that turbo? No. no. I circumvented the intercooler between the two, uh-huh. which is throttle response. If I can reduce the volume in the inlet system between the pressurizing device and the valves, I get b- better transient response. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, again, I, that sounds interesting. I just want to the, the the basic principle mm-hmm. uh, of using water to cool the charge to to uh, make the charge more dense. Yes. Uh, now, you said there's alcohol plus a corrosion inhibitor. Typically, mm-hmm. alcohol would be like an octane agent and also a corrosion inhibitor. Uh, that's what Henry Ford wanted to use. Well, actually, the alcohol, if there's anything alum- aluminum. Right. You've got, you got a problem. Yeah. Uh, so there's aluminum generally. A lot of new engines have aluminum heads. Fuel pumps. So fuel lines. The aluminum's yeah. in there. There's hell intake manifolds well, on a lot of things. I'm not putting it in the fuel tanks. So yeah. I'm not in that part of the system. Right. I have my own pump, and it's speed modulated. Uh, but this has been tried over and over again, and thermally and proven to be thermally inefficient. And the reason is, well, I don't have to tell you the reason, because the scavenging losses of the pumping itself is what takes away your horsepower, and you you, ne- you negate your gain. But can't you just use uh, an electric uh, pump? Well, it depends on your pump. And, but that's what I... Is that hang what on, hang on. There has to be an offsetting um, situation here. In other words... We measure air density. People talk airflow. Uh, I talk air density, but pounds of, of, of air per unit time. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at air mass, and by injecting some water, I just like humidity, on a high humidity day, the air contains less oxygen per cubic, per cubic foot because this water vapor is displacing it. Displacing it. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is that the total swing uh, from 100% humidity to 0% humidity is about 4.5% of your density. So it's not this horrific issue. The the tuner cars I built back in the early 80s, the twin turbo 700 horse Firebirds and Camaros, uh, I didn't intercool. They were water injected with boost pressure over water. And they were injected, therefore, before the compressor. Uh, it's anti-detonate injection. We're talking ADI here. And the anti-detonate can be just the charge air cool you get from vaporizing these liquids. Mm-hmm. What's cool about the uh, methanol is it's, another, it's a secondary fuel. Mm-hmm. So as long as you've got enough air, den- air density to support that additional fuel. Low oxygen, high fuel. ignition point. Uh, does that matter? I mean, ethanol. Ethanol has, uh, let me think, what is the flash-off temperature? It's like 870. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Diesel's like 400. Gasoline's 575. Well, it's very high, high flash point. Yeah, and, uh, it is. And but low we, octane. But, 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 but it's absorbing its heat as it, appro- absorbing heat as it approaches that flash point. Oh. Hence the Indy guys. So it cools the engine, reaches its flash point, burns, gives yeah, you extra the, fuel. But the water is better at it than the, than the alcohol. The water is the king. Point is... Yes, you are occupying space, and you have to offset that with probably uh, a higher, how should we say, uh, I hate to use the word boost, but a higher boost situation where you've got greater air density, more oxygen. End result, the BMW story. Yeah, uh, it had 91 in the fuel tank. Uh, 
yeah, all, everything on the engine was stock except the calibration, and yeah, we picked up 44% more power. So, and it was a six-speed. If you drove it out in first, popped it into second, let it normalize at 1,000 RPM and mat that thing, stock, it would, it would pick up and go, but it, it didn't like it. Uh, we, we started whiffing down, down in the weeds. In other words, we have intimate uh, control o over this stuff. So at about 2, two PSI boost, we're there. You mat the thing, and, it, and, it, and it's like, and Dan, you've tested this, port injection versus direct injection. Mm -hmm. Direct injection doesn't detonate as easy. Mm -hmm. So your torque curve picks So you're up no longer pulling timing bunch. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's an engineer. It's not <laughs> pulling timing downstairs, yeah. so the thing gets a, gets on the, if you will, mm -hmm. power curve, yeah. and off you go. There's, mm -hmm. there's an improvement at the bottom. This tool has always been used for an improvement at the top, the brag numbers. Mm -hmm. But it's the entire horsepower curve mm -hmm. over the drag of the car. It's always the you bottom know, that, that actually accelerates makes the car the fuel car. faster. So anyway. you think the, the the big difference is that uh, the more authority you have at low revs, uh, the the better metering, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just the general configuration of having these injectors uh, aft of the supercharger. Uh, yeah, we also did some on on that on, on hey, Dan, that big, a little quiet there on <laughs> that big on that big Detroit <laughs> diesel. Uh, we were also inject. <laughs> Injecting water methanol in the intake ports uh, so to cap three injection points in that thing. For uh, actually, we only had two before before the supercharger yeah. and then after the, the turbo turbocharger. We went to a charge air cooler. I used I used another controller and the same injector nozzles, five of them, to mist the charge air cooler with with distilled water to control the inlet temperature to the engine. So you're actually so, fogging the you're fogging the intercooler the charger cooler yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about a mm, <laughs> well it's, I mean the why Subaru, didn't I do that twenty years well, ago the Subaru, Subaru guys Subaru, doing that Subaru does it the Subaru guys it, it works it's so a cool. hundred years old idea it's a hundred years yeah, I mean I've been yeah. trying to make yeah. it work for more than a hundred years I'm sure World War II was you know in terms of methanol and water and aircraft mm -hmm. you know I look at uh, the recip engine development up to World War II. And during World War II, and it was like we we did, you know, uh, Nicholas Otto got the patent in what 1883 mm -hmm. uh, on the four-stroke engine, and you know we went from there to World War II without really remarkable advances, uh, and then suddenly we have this incredible watershed of technology, and the engines coming out of World War II. All the racing techniques like cross bolted mains and this and that. All cross kind of, flow heads. All that stuff, yeah. All that stuff w w was. Well, hell, that's I, really when supercharging and turbocharging hey, uh, got their heyday. Uh, yeah, well. uh, I, turbos especially. Yes. Good now, point. Thank you. you uh, okay, so who do you give more credit to uh, um, compression ignition to? The Germans or the Americans? Oh, wait, before we. A compression ignition? Yeah. Oh. Uh, it, it, Austrians, Germans, French. I mean, okay. It's it's not us. <laughs> I mean, here's what diesel, anybody but diesel diesel licensed Augustus Bush, the beer guy, yeah, to advance his D 
diesel engine technology in the United States, and he fluffed it off. Bush fluffed it off, and he nothing happened. He missed his opportunity. He had his own ethanol, for, you know, creation. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, he didn't make enough money selling beer. He was he, he really yeah. had it had a but, rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he really he missed the gold mine there yeah, with no. that diesel thing. I mean, beer I, was a shitty gig. I've got I've got a little V six that I buy out of Via Motori in Centro, Italy. And and Bologna, Bologna, Centro, you know, you've got Ferrara. You, we stay in Ferrara. Ducati's just down the road. Lamborghini's the other direction, and you've got these guys doing diesels. And and they, there's five unions in this engine plant, and <laughs> and, and, and everybody plays musical chairs with the different companies. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to say so, Italian business isn't hey, efficient. Hey, <laughs> what I'm trying to say I is people lighten up on the workers. The, uh, the Italian it, workers are fine people. They are. I agree with you. Especially and, if you and, catch them on their six hour of oh, break. Shut up, shut but, up. but the compliment I want to give them is I've got this three liter. We're currently at 270 horsepower, going for 300. This is streetable. It's three liters. I'm putting one in a one-ton truck right now. Yeah. Double overhead cam, four valve. Sweet. CGI block. I mean, just romantic. Maybe there's a little Ducati there. Maybe there's some, I don't know. But all I can tell you is European diesel, those guys, they... Never, yeah. they never stop. Yeah. Oh my, I, you know? I, I never yeah. shut up about my my, uh, my mother's Audi Q7 diesel. It's the greatest car ever. Yeah. That V six uh, motor, it's dead silent. It's mm -hmm. tons of power. It's tons of torque, and the the goddamn thing is well, five thousand pounds. It gets to, to, thirty miles a gallon. To Dan's point, small engine, or somebody said it here at the table, small engine, that's small, frictional viscous losses are small. But when you want it to be big, you turbo the living snot out of it. Mm -hmm. It's gotta, it's gotta have the, uh, the huevos to take it. But that's why I'm putting one on a well, one-ton truck. It's sick and wrong, and I think it'll work. What is, you know, well, speaking of yeah. smaller turbo engines, you guys drove something real fun yesterday. Oh yeah, well I, do, I we drove, we filmed this uh, this GMC Canyon for uh, for our show tuned, and it was the five cylinder with a with a GT35 on it running race gas and this thing it puts down like 340 to the wheels and this car does the most unbelievable burnouts you can imagine because it's, it's a truck right it's yeah. a truck it's got big willwoods in the front and crappy little drums <laughs> in the back oh and you God. know it's a 80 20 weight distribution nice uh, honored this, by the braking system and this thing yeah. rips burnouts like i i did 20 of them if you go up drive this road in Malibu that I allegedly, allegedly may have painted. Black I see yesterday. the lawyers have been in touch uh, <laughs> since last I've been no, here. Yeah. I allegedly wrote one thousand one hundred eleven. <laughs> <laughs> He's convicting himself. <laughs> no, it was it's it's brilliant. I mean the you know take the most mundane engine in the world, a General Motors five cylinder. And stick a working turbocharger system on it, and holy shit, you can have some fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> well I thought what was fascinating about it was listening to because this kid built it. Him, I mean, built it with the shop and stuff, but uh, paid for it himself. It was a cool story. But the number of parts and things he broke, and oh, we had to wait for these pistons, and I threw a sleeve out when I did this one right. day, and yeah. I got bad diesel one day, and that broke. And and it's a five cylinder. It's making it's making what it's making. But then when we went to APR. And we shot their TTRS, and the thing made like 600 mm -hmm. with 
kind of a bolt-on kit. A pump gas. And that's but a I think two-liter, That's, that's right? a two-liter, but it had direct injection, mm-hmm. among, I'm sure, other things. So I was curious what you guys know about, you know, that, that, that Chevy was, what, a three-and-a-half-liter inline-five? Yeah. And it, the guy went jumped through so many hoops to make it not explode. And then... <laughs> The Audi engine was like, oh, we put some stuff on it. It's fast as shit. <laughs> I mean, it seemed much simpler. Is that yeah, just is that, that is that a, a massive combination of things that make it so easy? Are, are you talking about a current engine, or are you talking talking about no current? Yeah. So GMC yeah. It, GMC and, and Chevy had what they called the Atlas five cylinder for mm-hmm. a few years. It's in the Hummer H three as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was it was supposedly a great smooth running engine. But they, it just wasn't economically viable because they were only putting it in three models that didn't sell particularly big numbers. I mean, yeah. I think the, the biggest difference is with the Audi, it was a turbo engine. You just went to a bigger turbo. It was intended. So the, yeah, yeah, so the compression yeah. and yeah. all that stuff versus an engine that was never meant to be a turbo engine. I, th- I think that inline five is an outgrowth of an inline six they did years ago. Um, Less and balance, and I, talk, I, I talked to them about putting one of them in a 54 Corvette, six-cylinder original. The Blue six. Flame 6? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll only do it modern and turbocharge it. Uh, a friend of mine was restoring the car, and they, they went, no, you don't want to do this one. Is, is, yeah, no. Can anything no. good come the, from putting a different engine in a 54 Corvette? I mean, yeah, other than making yeah. it nice to drive. You can depreciate it by about a factor of 10. <laughs> yeah, and he finally point, yeah. went the normal route of depreciation and put a small block in. I, I oh, have questions. Boy, I don't know how much longer Wait, I have. Wait, before you have let, a while, let, but... Let, 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 but I had a practical question. Okay, though, okay, a real okay. legitimate practical question. Go, go, baby. So this BMW that you put this water meth injection in, mm-hmm. you made 44% more power. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome on what is at least outwardly a fairly basic setup. I mean, I know it was calibrated, you know, custom and this and that. But, yeah. but in terms of complexity of install, not so complex, right? No. Okay, so... You presumably it's a, it's that a have plug and play, right? So no. you've got a tank of this stuff mm-hmm. in your trunk or wherever. I was going to mm-hmm. say, where's how, the canteen? That's well, yeah. How long? How long does the tank last? I mean, yeah. how much of this fluid does it go through? Yeah, it depends on how aggressive you want to calibrate. Uh, the The bottom line is, you can do it, and we've been do, doing this program for quite a while. Uh, the system I call the system straight shot, so drinkers will understand. You know. Uh, what, the the, 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 the point is, alcohol, just like yeah. just like like drinking, mm-hmm. you can you can drink in moderation, or you can be a, a knee walking drunk. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. if you want to go to the knee walking stage, uh, you've got the stuff running all the time. Right. Or we usually actuate as a function of throttle position boost. Right. Or in recent e- ECUs, load, you, you can get engine load. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There's a lot of ways to, to actuate, and sometimes we'll cap with one uh, exhaust temperature, perhaps. Bottom line, bottom line, you can, you can put it so it's not on until 98% throttle, uh-huh. or you can put it on so it's at 2% throttle. It'll last forever or less, you know, a week, right? It's, yeah. So, so just like gas, it's how much do you have your foot in it, basically. Well, I mean, exactly. but or I, nitrous, I genuinely exactly. have or nitrous. no concept uh, yeah. of... of now, Let's say hypothetically you're going flat. Flat. You're you're doing drag pulls. You're at the drag strip all yeah. day. Yeah. You know, will a tank of, a tank of water meth fluid last 
20 drag pulls, 30 drag pulls. I mean, five drag pulls. Yeah. I, you know, it depends on the 500. It depends on the flow rate. And frankly, uh, we've, we've been. Uh, the control you don't know, do you, Gail? You don't know, do you? <laughs> yeah. We're gathering the infor- information okay. now. Okay. We intend to introduce this stuff at SEMA. Oh, all right. So we're gathering the information now. And, you know, if it is really hoggy, then it's not going to be very attractive. Well, that's the thing. It's you like, know, do I need to add food when I buy gas or when so I change I'm, my oil? I'm looking at the aspect of, of uh, increasing boost and using straight water, as I did years ago, without mm. a microprocessor, mm. as an ADI. Mm. And uh, now, maybe, You get some so losses there. What I'm doing is MW49 is our highest concentration. I'm doing an MW10 and an MW25, 10 and 25%. And, of course, MW00, you can buy anywhere. It's steam iron water. Mm-hmm. There's no methanol in it. Mm-hmm. You just want it distilled. It's just distilled uh, water. Yeah. You don't want calcification, the tea kettle effect in your engine. Hmm. Okay. So, well, but, uh, that's... Uh, and and where it, do you put it on the vehicle? We're yeah. doing custom-shaped t- tanks. A to, good model would yeah. be AdBlue. You know, there was, that's there what, was some... That's what I was going yeah, to get to. Customer oh, resistance man. on that's that AdBlue. Genius. Exactly. It's been overcome. Yeah, if you're diesel, uh, diesel guys with pickup trucks, other than the Volkswagen sitting out front, the two liter, which has no blue fluid or whatever you want to call Ad it, blue, yeah, yeah. Uh, urea, yeah. Uh, it's not there. But the concept of having two fluids go- going in- into the consumable fluids, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is there. Yeah. I mean, it's been accepted, and and they've done probably. A few million of them. Yeah. Well, my, that was yeah. my suggestion. So, is I'd like to have it as, I mean, about that, as frequent as that. We stepped through that door. No Here's market. the cool part, and we haven't talked about this. I can reduce NOx and CO with this stuff. Yeah. If you if you take and, the ignition de- uh, temperatures down, yeah, you knock knocks right off. And hey Dan. Here's oh. <laughs> here's where we Even go. With the new chair Dan there, was in the restroom. He's back up. now. The, Sorry, the, that's right. Yeah, but we can hey, hear it there. Yeah, yeah. So so oh yeah, yeah. So the the bottom line here is, uh, if you reduce emissions, and you can tune for more power or tune for uh, more fuel efficiency. And still be be within the emissions envelope. This thing is more. This stuff is pretty magic in that respect. Right. So it's a mileage tool. It's an emissions tool. And we've known for 110 years so, it's a power tool. With these kits that you guys are putting together, are they going to be? They're going to be vehicle specific. Yes, with, they with are. Install instructions. They for have each to be. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be something that someone yeah. could install themselves. Yes. In a, in a day or something. Is this like that? Uh, yeah. uh, DOP, uh, DOT approved? All of it has, has to. I, I have experience with them. After the first fuel crunch, uh-huh. uh, I was building marine engines with 18 quart pans. We built the sheet metal, uh, high dynamic uh, racing oil pans for the big block and small block Chevys. Then we had the fuel crunch. There was no boat business. So I started doing additional tanks for pickup trucks. Saddle tanks. Mm-hmm. It took about two years, and then the factory did it. But by then, we were out of that pinch, uh, and that helped us bridge. Uh, so 
Where the hell am I going with this? I don't what know. I, I was <laughs> a fascinating question. Let me yeah. get to my question. He was asking yeah, about vehicle-specific applications. Yeah. That's where yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we... we oh, DOT. DOT. Yeah. Well, yeah. And when do you we expect We got to be really... A, uh, uh, we, the DOT <laughs> standard... Uh, we had a legal meeting on this yesterday. Uh-huh. All of the uh, warnings and all of this stuff, because there is... If you heat this blend... Mm-hmm. High enough, then a match will ignite the vapors. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that issue. No. I, I. I don't want. So we have to engineer such that it's fuel system level engineering uh-huh. to dot standards. Right. Yeah. And and is uh, the main driver in that conversation is it carb or is it DOT? It's DOT. Okay. Carb is on the emission side, but mm-hmm. we have a full in-house uh, lab bench. So to speak. So right now you're leaning toward water only. I'm doing both. I'm doing both. I'm looking. I'm looking at, and and even to the water. We thought we handled that. Sorry. The, <laughs> all right, we got the UPS guy here. Yeah. Listeners, uh, just to give you how an the, idea. The pug is going to tear the UPS. Well, no. Yeah. I can't say that. So uh, we, we even looked at the particulate size of of the spray, because yeah. some of it evaporates in the track. You you want some. In chamber, so it vaporizes in chamber, pulls down the final temperature. Spray pattern is that uh, relevant? That too. So I spent like 15 months on the injectors. So DOT is mostly concerned with the safety aspect, whereas CARB is going to, of course, be concerned with the emissions. Are you going for CARB legal certifications here? Always. Okay. We're 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 the only guys in the aftermarket with 100. I I asked just because, as you just said, a lot of people don't do it. So yeah, Yeah, that's where the money is. Um, Okay, here's my question. I got to get to. (laughs) <laughs> what? This has been Inquisitions with this Dan. This is right. Okay. <laughs> yes. You know what a Jake break is? Yeah, I sure do. Who was Jake? <laughs> Probably a guy named Jacobs. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Tell Jacobs, me about Jacobs. Jacobs engine break. Mm-hmm. He had a close association with a guy named Clessy Cummins, and uh, today I believe Cummins owns the Jacobs engine break company. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. It, but it's a. It, a mechanism, a mechanism that uh, turns the engine into an air compressor, so to speak. Any, uh, any it, hybrid it, it uh, sound it, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they do, but they also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about this. Uh, you know, noise is wasted energy. And, Absolutely, and uh, and so <laughs> the best kind though. Yeah, it, so I'm not wasted, wasted is too strong. A Jake break going off is not wasted energy. That's uh, awesome. Uh, you know what? You're right. I take that back. <laughs> I, I take it back. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. it's it's in the eyes of beholder. Yeah. Some places uh, it says no. Or in Jake this case, in the Monterey, it's Monterey yeah, Carmel. Coming out of you, Yosemite. <laughs> in the uh, in the uh, era of electromechanical hybridization of, mm-hmm. of uh, internal combustion. There's, there's a lot of energy that could still be drawn off. Oh, uh, man, are it, you hitting my button? You know, uh, <laughs> you are <laughs> dead. I, 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 I've you been know. working with. I'm a Svengali. Yeah, this it, is a Penn State Office of Naval Research deal, kind of. It's we're going back, back and forth talking about how do we co- recover all the, this stuff. There's a guy at Penn State at their advanced research lab who takes. Exhaust uh, acoustics mm-hmm. takes that energy, and it's like an inverted speaker. Sure, the cone drives the generator. So he's right. doing yeah. energy recovery into an electric coil system, like you would with a Kerr system, only instead of yeah, uh, instead yeah, of well, it's energy, like a speaker electric, coil. Yeah, yeah, only this is all high temp, 
And you look at it and you go, that's a, that's a bit of genius. We're driving alternators with a second tur turbine after the turbocharger. Mm. Uh, now, is that another uh, gas circuit or on the No, it's, it's, it's in series. In other words, you, the, the exhaust gas goes through the mm -hmm. turbocharger, then this turbine, and then to atmosphere. Yeah, but after that, we're using thermoelectrics. In other words, Just heat, 9 million thermal couples, yeah. Yeah. you know, putting out electrical energy to recover everything you can get. Well, speaking yeah. of thermocoupling, you know, the, the holy grail is a thermocoupling cylinder lining. They can take, you know, all of that heat, the, you know, of which... Boy, do you have my ah, attention. So, yes, there is a device that's kind of like this. It's called a Peltier mechanism. Well, it, but, it, mm -hmm. uh, but it, 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 it's a great idea if it will work, but it almost doesn't work, right? Okay, you know, so, well, they, yeah. they it works on the bench. Work. Yeah. They actually do work. So, with the Peltier mechanism, if you apply a current to it, it'll actually move... It'll move temperature from one surface to another very, very efficiently. However, if you oh, attach yeah. it to a hot mechanism, it will actually then start... Yeah emitting electrons so they use this all the time in like cooling of really but really high-end systems the trick yeah. is the material that they use for the thermocoupling itself because exactly. there are a lot of losses in the metallic uh the i i would be an it'd be an anode i guess it would be in that circumstance yeah it's a it's a a junction be, between the, the efficient one at high temperatures chromel and alumel yeah, and at the junction of these two dissimilar metals, uh, there's where you create, when heated, mm -hmm. creates electron movement. Mm -hmm. yeah, so if you could get, a, if you get, you know, forty or fifty percent of that waste heat out of that you waste uh, from your fuel out of the engine, that would be. Uh, and and really, when people ask, oh, about hybrids and electric cars, mm -hmm. and, uh, my answer has been more careful over the years i used to think that you know hybrids were inevitably and electric powertrains were going to sweep away the ic engine but the ic engine apparently is vastly less optimized it's than, well it's vastly, <laughs> it, you have a whole new regime of ways to control it as an air absolutely pump. well on that front though but I, my take on it is i think that for passenger vehicles i think we're going to be full electric at some point but I, we're never going to get away from using diesel in big trucks because there's just no way to carry that much energy. Unless for it's like California and it's mandated that, it's that you run natural But I mean, gas. I mean, like yeah. semis. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, do you see that happening? Is that going to happen? They're going to ban diesel in California. No. Uh, if you take Civic money and you have more than 15 trucks by 2016, you got to be running CNG or LNG. Wow. No diesel. Wow! At all? Like, what about like semi semi trucks too? CNG on semi? No, no, yeah. semi trucks. But they have to the 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 low sulfur fuel for trucks came in later. Mm -hmm. uh, and oh, this uh, is for passenger cars? No, no, for trucks. Uh, tr well, the deal was low sulfur came in two thousand six. Uh, the fifteen parts per million. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. And yes. Then, uh, but and then the truck fuel standard was uh, was grandfather delayed a little bit because there was an economic impact. But yeah, yeah now, not hugely though. I uh, know maybe but, a year. Yeah, yeah. No. But they're uh, yeah. they're all running, and you, of course the trucks uh, measure their output in hours of operation. Yes, it's and grams per horsepower hour. And so yeah. with that, and you have truck stops where you can plug into these centrally. That saves trucking the trucking fleet hugely. It's, yeah, it's, you hook up and, and to their power, shore power, kind right. of. Sure, so sure. you're not idling your diesel all the all night too. And that is practically uh, in in less than a, a, a year or two cut 
uh, truck-related emissions by almost 25%. It was a, wow. it just mm-hmm. slashed it. Yeah. I think they're starting to do that with um, big ships down in Long Beach and stuff. Yeah, too. I'd, yeah. Love Very few yeah. On, I'd love to hear your take on shipping because Matt and I, we've certainly talk, and talked about that quite a bit, is the, the mass inefficiencies in these giant diesel engines that are going to, into these ocean-going vessels. The inefficiencies? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably profound. The, 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 the deal is they run bunker crude. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. the fuel is so dirty. Now, to, to dock at L.A., uh, so many miles offshore, you've got you got to switch to, to the fuel. acceptable fuel, yeah. And then well, that air is that. different than this air. You know? <laughs> we never will get here. Yeah. yeah, we don't get pollution from China. It's not do like we? there's wind. So, hey, so hey, yeah. let's, not mo- let's not mock the most modest efforts to improve the situation. I think more is more of that would be better. <laughs> That's why I read his stuff. Bunker crude. <laughs> bunker crude is hard. Yeah. Bunker, I mean, I really think I should start running my vet on bunker crude. That yeah. sounds like I'd be getting hey, big you know, power out of that'd it. That'd be a good name for a drag racer. Like you've had bunker like your, your, yeah, just the guy crew. himself, yeah. Bunker yeah. Crude. That would be really yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. you. I was also thinking horsepower bit of hour sounds like an easy name for a TV show. Yeah. Rams oh, yeah. for a horsepower. That's a measurement yeah. of power horsepower TV. hour. Yeah. It's also a show. Yeah. We're having it right now. Yeah, it sounds like it's going it didn't sound so damn cheesy, we could totally re- rename our show. Um, there is so much waste energy in, in the process. <laughs> There's a lot of low-hanging fruit is what I'm saying. Uh, that's I mean, you know, it, it, we're approaching maybe 40%. There and that means 60 is available. How do, how do we recover it? And how do we do it? Uh, effectively, uh, price-wise, how do we make say, that when affordable? When you say it's forty percent, do you mean do you mean that sixty goes to waste in terms of heat, in terms of exhaust and noise, in terms of, or are you talking about? It goes to heat the world. All of me, it all goes to yeah. heat. Yeah. yeah, thermal efficiency. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that that's lost. We're we're doing something. Then there's a there's a magazine. What the hell's the name of the magazine? Gill that uh, they give out at the truck stops. Anyhow, I, I, jugs. Yeah, that <laughs> barely legal. Uh, behind the jugs, though, I think there's something like Trucker News or whatever know, it's need, called. Yeah, he says Trucker News. Yeah, the yeah. ten okay. best ways to dispose of a hooker's body. We just <laughs> and there we are. Boy, I'm glad I'm here. No, no, no. Actually, I am. The the the. Uh, the thing we're doing that is totally sick and wrong, and I first talked about it, it in an upcoming article in Trucker News. The Trucker newspaper, uh, we're told there's a clear. Is, is I'm buying one of those outlawed semi, semis from California, mm-hmm. and I'm putting, I developed a 7-liter, 800-horsepower uh, V8 for, for Navy use, and uh, it's incredibly durable. Mm-hmm. I mean, And that's a diesel engine, right? Yeah. But we did everything except replace the the cylinder case, the block. Mm-hmm. Everything else is new, and it will run at wide open throttles. Eight hundred hours is the test you have to pass. <laughs> full awesome. full power, full throttle. Eight hundred yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. What is uh, okay. what is redline? Uh, we read the Navy engines. We redline at about forty four hundred. The the one I'm putting in a semi, I'm going to redline at forty two hundred, and it's got a two to one. Uh, reduction box on it so I can drive the 2100 input. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the big semi engines, 14 to 16 liters, turn about 2100 to 2300 RPM. That's it, done. 
So I'm putting a seven-liter engine in there, and the theory is everybody's running 55 to 60 miles an hour now. All the fleets in a quest for fuel economy have slowed their trucks down. Someone needs to Not tell the Arizona. truck drivers that so, in the southwest of this So country. what's your road load uh, power consumption? Right. You know, in, in the cars you, you test, it, they're all slicked up, and they might be 17 horsepower for a large car at 65 miles an hour. I mean, mm-hmm. but for a semi, what is it, 220, something like that. So I can make 220 standing on my head for thousands of hours, probably tens of thousands of hours with that, seven liter v8 mm-hmm. but it's frictional viscous all its pumping losses everything is half so to speak if you if you if you want to look at it crudely when it needs to be big like on a mountain uh then it gets big but the time during its life that it needs to be big is like four or five percent of its life Mm-hmm. That's why I have variable displacement engines, and uh, yeah, and now uh, with it, it, diesel, I, have, you can do variable displacement with diesel. You can, uh, you can. I don't know if anybody's done it. Right, I, I you know. I, I keep is, telling the diesel guys, watch the gas guys; they're catching your asses. Right. You know, <laughs> but a variable copy some of that stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like cylinder deactivation and stuff. Yeah, diesel? exactly. Cool. Where he's, that's where he's going. Hats. Yeah. So you can lope along on the highway with a, like a flat level on the five. You're running on two cylinders. Well, then you, when you go to the grapevine, you kick them all off. What I've done is I've permanently deactivated seven liters. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not there in the first place. Yeah. And, and you don't have to carry them around. Here's the cool part. And I know you champion and can continue to champion hybrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm right there with you. Absolutely right. I've done hybrid military vehicle work, all kinds of Different stuff. I love it. I'm, or maybe fact, you have Remember the hi- You drove the Hybrid 7, the BM, mm-hmm. the one they were passing around. I had it for a week. Yeah. Man, when you got on the loud pedal, that thing on the dash t- told you the power flow, and I went, oh, my God, i got to do this in some of my military programs. This is just too good to pass up on. With the power flow uh, graphic? The graph- yeah, that, or the hybrid that, system? Not just the graphic, the system. Yeah. 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 But watching that graphic just... Suck me in. I did the hydrogen seven for four weeks. Yeah. Oh. High altitude testing. Uh-huh. Thirty two like, like thirty two to one air fuel fuel ratio is like two hundred and seventy horse at sea level. Get up to Tioga Pass and it's like twelve horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big ass V twelve. I just kinda went, No guys, you gotta turbocharge this thing. Anyhow. But do you, are you into hydrogen the, other, otherwise? Uh no. 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 Okay. Any fuel that takes four times the energy to make a unit of energy, there's something elementally wrong, wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, I'm not even going to go any further. Yeah. And, and Dan, you had the hydrogen car, too. Uh, uh, I had the, uh, the Insight, which was a, the uh, Honda. The, the Clarity? Okay, the, the Clarity. The Clarity. Uh, that's Clarity. The what, they, what they did on BMW to refrigerate the tank, oh, they the evaporated. Well, that was a while ago. Yeah. yeah the, uh, they, the, you know in two weeks, the tank's empty. Sit. But don't put it in your garage, because if you've got a pilot light yeah. and the hydrogen venting to chill it down, it'll blow up your house. Well, it's not like they make bombs <laughs> so, out of it or anything. The, uh, the, Hindenburg. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's true. The uh, What was I going to say about the, uh, the hydrogen? Clarity? The, oh, it's, no, it's the, uh, the – what's remarkable is the number of dead-enders in the hydrogen fuel cell technology. There's a whole group of people who continue to argue, and this is their argument – 
the end game is obviously hydrogen for all the obvious chemical and physical reasons. Sure. Uh, but uh, so why bother with an intermediate step when we realize that the greatest energy carrier per unit of volume is hydrogen and it's emissions free? Mm -hmm. uh, now, you know, that's that's absenting all downstream and upstream costs to make it work. Right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. but we I've, we've all figured it out. It's just not going to work. It's just the, the infrastructure is a monster. Just on and on and yeah. on. All the reasons why. But there's still at least ten thousand people t out there telling you that this is a good idea. Well, those are the ecologically sound people. The same version of the same people that. You know, completely deny any those sort of no, no, change. They're those are the guys. Those are guys the other with side of that coin. Their job grant depends. money. Yeah, their yeah. job grant depends. money. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Hold the hold the Gail. Don't bash the <laughs> academics. It's not the academics. It's the guys who are working for Continental or uh, or you know any of those other suppliers. They their paycheck. Uh, comes from continuing to promote this technology. I and get, I get the financial part of it. Yeah, of course, yeah, you do. I, I, I do. But you, you don't have to be an academic to get grant money. Well, that's <laughs> no. true. I know, but you yeah. know, it, it's. Uh, I, I, you got to be smart I, enough. I, I, that. I, 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 you're your nose. It's yeah, some academics. At the end of the day, it's probably about money. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately. Well, I mean, if hydrogen, some, yeah, if hydrogen was going to work, we've certainly had the technology for a number of years now. And it's not gone anywhere. We did, well, a, we did a future yeah. engine study that was funded by the Ford Foundation in 1974-75. Caltech got the $400,000 grant, and they assigned it to JPL. And I had a couple friends uh, at Caltech. Richard Feynman was one of mm -hmm. them. Uh, oh, yeah. And a smart guy. Casual acquaintance, acquaintance with Murray Gelman. And... Feynman was dicking around, around with his Corvair van. A Greenbrier? And buying speed equipment from me. So when they got this grant, we got to implement a lot of stuff. We ran a Chevy V8 on hydrogen in 1975. Yeah, it was like regular yeah. gas, like a, like a fuel injection. Yeah, because once yeah, it, with like a propane carburetor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was pretty elemental the, stuff. You get a lot of losses leaking and stuff like yeah. that. The <laughs> bottles are. It are, goes through. It's so skinny. It goes through anything. Well, that's you know? the the guys at Carnegie it, Mellon it, were the guys who revolutionized the bottle. And the problem with the bottle was that the molecules so goddamn small that it goes through anything. Exactly. Could, so they they created this carbon Kevlar. Uh, it really is. It looks like a mm -hmm. thermos bottle. But uh, what I was going to say about uh, uh, we. We, the Honda Clarity has a fuel cell stack that's about this big. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The it's hard to hear God, you. I can't bless. even hear you, and I'm right. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the Honda uh, uh, Clarity has a fuel cell stack that's about uh, about 18 inches high and about, uh, you know, it's about a shoebox dimension, yes. uh, but higher. For Shaquille. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it produces something like 110 kilowatts. Uh, so it's pretty punchy. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. And it, very uh, advanced. Now, it probably costs. Uh, if they could, if they could production, build it's okay that, to say a million dollars. No, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> they could probably uh, make it production ready for about fifteen, seventeen thousand okay. per unit. Yeah, uh, which is within the realm if you're a product planner. Uh, but then the, the, the bottle, the bottle's another ten thousand. And yeah. then you've got a whole associated host of uh, safety things. Then you've got infrastructure. Yeah, then you have to crash test a car with a fucking hydrogen tank in the back. Well, the yeah. thing about hydrogen, hydrogen is very light and very, it dissipates very quickly. Mm -hmm. The hydrogen, the Hindenburg effect would be 
uh, one in a million. Mm-hmm. But uh, but people are. But you have to convince Middle yeah. America of that. Yeah, people are nervous about it. Yeah. Is there a way to uh, like the, store the hydrogen in the frame somehow of the vehicle instead of using probably? A but the problem is it, to, to have any energy density. That's like BTUs per cubic foot of storage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to liquefy it. And to liquefy it takes additional energy. That You know, making the gas is one thing. That's four BTUs to one. Now you're going to liquefy it. That's going to take some energy. Uh, so the handling maybe, of it is a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah, once it's liquid, you've got to keep it super cooled. And I, it's like 280 degrees below zero. I'm throwing it. I'm just pulling that out that of my head. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's some number like that. So how do, where do you get that refrigeration? Well, you can get it by vet, boiling off some of the hydrogen to chill the bottle that the, the hydrogen's yeah. in to keep it cool. The, it just, it's, it's, it's so it's just, even more perverse than, the, than petrol distillation. Some years ago, Germany said, we're going hydrogen. We're going all, the country made a, an edict that they, they were going to run all their automobile and truck fleet on hydrogen one day. Where did that go? <laughs> or did you even hear about well, it? Well, you know, the I Germans mean, you know, aren't good at I mean, instituting I, mass change and, 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 you know, declaring... Uh, boy, I, mean, I, opened they, up, they I, I opened up the door there, didn't I? <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. <laughs> we, we, we hammer that a lot because our, our joke budget's very low. But, uh, I mean, they have been at the front of green technology as far as on the big, like, civil scale for a while. So yes. they, well, they, they probably, produce like ten percent of their electricity through their own garbage now. I mean, yeah, they're very no, I mean good. they're really good at. It. So they, yeah. they they probably it's, brought that up, but they, maybe they maybe they wrote that press release before they really looked into this is not the amount the of work. Answer. And then someone ran in and was like, "What are you doing?" It's, yeah, <laughs> that's good. The, the, the bottom line is probably exactly what you're saying. They went off half cocked. You you know maybe the politicians in germany drove the decision very possible we I get mean. a lot of that so <laughs> what our politicians always deliver on everything they say well, they're honest and yeah, true but they're not a lot of in the in automotive engineering business no no i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they, they always they're in the automotive expectations press. business that's no the there's a they're bullshit at. engineering business <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 well, if i can think up this bullshit, bullshit you can do it exactly. yeah is that yeah that's how how it goes so uh, we got a lot of questions on Facebook. We posted up the TV right. here, and um, you already commented on quite a bit of it. European diesels mostly. And uh-huh. have, you, have you taken a look at the diesel cruise yet? What's going on? I'd with like the diesel to. Cruise? I'd like to. I, uh, I I'm not sure where that engine is made. Uh, I, you know, it's. it's I, a, it probably it, Korea. Just. I don't. I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it might be. It might be an Opal design, just because they've been running those possibly, for years and years. Possibly. Uh, I, I'm not sure. They may be using the Duramax moniker for the. Yeah. I thought they were going to spread that across everything. I want to get. I want to. I want to get a diesel cruise, and I want to completely whore it out. <laughs> I want to have my way with it. Well, you said you're you going to be doing that you with, have, you have like a, a cheap trick. A, but you no, no, earlier you had told me that you were going to be doing that similar sort of thing though with like a Fiesta and a Sonic, right? You know what? I'm an equal opportunity offender. Uh-huh. Gas or diesel? If there's a turbocharged, if it, if it's turbocharged, I want to screw with it. Uh-huh. And I think that if if you want if you want to market stuff like I do to the millennial generation, you you got to step down to these smaller 
more fuel efficient, more today automobiles. Yeah, I mean, so, your average 20-year-old's not like, man, I can't wait to get an HD 2500. Um, your average 20-year-old is living yeah. at home. Yeah, uh, you car. know, uh, uh, 25, 30% of... Don't have a driver's license. They are not getting a driver's exactly. license. Exactly. Yeah, thirty-two percent. Exactly. Last year. So uh, the other the other thing I I look at is for my electronic stuff. I said to the guys a few years ago, we got to game the cars. Mm-hmm. It's got to have that feel, that vibe, uh, because everybody's gaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it can't dist- distract you, uh, like a a shapely woman sitting next to you. Uh, it can't. I mean, I had an accident just looking at a gal's sweater when I was younger. So I <laughs> was that earlier today. Without, without uh, I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was earlier today, but no. Uh, Vicky, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> Vicky is not uh, listening to this. No, I you sure can be sure. Of it. It. She's never even heard of this. <laughs> and if she were even so remotely inclined, not an after an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just, She's like, I've never heard all this I, talk about diesel and turbos. I do. Uh, okay, here. And, I, that, and it's probably a fact. I have a question for you. Okay. So uh, what was the greater technological achievement? The Lycoming uh, supercharger of the Bentley blower uh, or the direct mechanical injection of the Mercedes-Benz 300 SL engine? That's an easy one. The direct mechanical injection, absolutely, mo- mo- far more difficult mm-hmm. to achieve. Well, uh, isn't that supercharger the most basic of possible? Well, yeah, those things have been, been around since control. the early 1800s. They were they're called roots blowers because they used to they used to go and ventilate mine shafts with them. <laughs> yeah, well, a guy named Roots was. was responsible yeah uh you were talking it may there's there's the leishholm style yeah which is the twin screw, screw type yeah and there's the roots and there's the centrifugal but all of them are the leishholm was the most ingenious and and remains the most ingenious uh Difficult to machine. Right, the Lysholm, the twins, uh, twin, uh, twin screw. Twin it screw actually ma- makes c- compression in the rotor set. Right. Uh, uh, roots just displaces air. Although uh, there's, it a makes bit, compression the in the intake manifold. The most recent motors are very much. Mo- uh, the most recent roots blowers are very much modeled after the Lysholm setups now, with the well, four, with the four lobes on the rotors and everything. That they're starting yeah, to look a lot like. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't eating licensee for a while, so. I'm yeah. familiar with the high helix Eaton four four lobe setup. Uh, in fact, there's one on the car, uh, car I drive every day. But yeah. the direct yeah. mechanical injection a greater achievement. Oh my still. God, yes. Technically, you know, a compressor and some means of driving it. Cool. Yeah. And and, and now I got more air air density, uh, but I've run that. There's an inline eight cylinder version of that. That I built a gear case and ran the pump in the valley of a big big block Chevy offshore engine I did years ago, and I marveled over the technology in that pump. The the 300 SLs had a six cylinder version of it, mm-hmm. uh, but you can time the injection. You can change. It's tunable. Mm-hmm. It's not just this fixed device. And it, it it pumps a fluid uh, gasoline, which doesn't have a hell of a lot of inherent lubrication. 
They worked out the metal, metallurgy, the mechanization, the the you're drawing drawing a vacuum, the the vapor issues, you know, as you're inducting this stuff into this system that puts it at the right time in each cylinder, six cylinders to whatever RPM those 5, engine, yeah, fifty five hundred or six thousand RPM. Yeah. Man, that's a hard job. And they did that without any computers at that right. point. Too. Yes. That's a far more difficult job. Okay, so that math should have could have been amazing. Just the pages math. and pages and pages. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and the metallurgy. Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, but there's not only math uh, uh, displacement wise. There's there's math because this thing is like a reciprocating engine. It's got to induct the fuel. It's got got to meter the right amount to that throttle setting out of each one of these little. Positive displacement. Don't pumps. forget temperature and altitude. At the Indeed, same. it has to correct mixture for altitude. They did. They had a diaphragm called an aneroid system that actually a carburetor won't altitude correct, but mm -hmm. that thing would. Mm -hmm. We know, you know that, yeah. in the mid in, in the, they they developed it in the early fifties. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. The, the, the Germans. No. I, I mean, the Nazis. I mean, the Germans uh, <laughs> were amazing. Not much of a line between the two at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were, a lot of, uh, there were a lot of guys walking around in hey, civilian. Hey, we hired them. Yeah. Hey, we're equally What's culpable. It? We hired me? half of them over <laughs> Not here. me. I didn't do it. Oh, uh, listen. <laughs> you can still see. You go to a car show. Any car, I'm going to the Frankfurt Auto Show, and you can see guys. And, and it doesn't take any imagination to, at all to imagine the official bureaucracy of the Nazi state walking around running. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. yeah. Uh, you know that's a that, that's a club. Yeah, it's an interesting club. It's like I'll the worst you. version of the Boy Scouts ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Merit I get a merit for badge for what? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same so, on the same page. Uh, so uh, why the Packard Straight Eight yeah. was reputed to be the smoothest eight-cylinder engine in the world? You could do a. Uh, uh, you do the nickel test on the valve cover, you know. Yeah, standard on its edge, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you look back on the, the big displacement, the graceful, the big straight-eight engines and and 12s, mm -hmm. V12s. Of, there were uh, even V16s. Yeah, Cadillac had V16s, mm -hmm. Packard had a 16. I would love to mm -hmm. hear a V16. I would, I would love to hear a V16. You know, I, That's got to be, it, it sounds like this, sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I, can, I can imagine. One of those uh, 22 liter Fiat sounded like that I saw. Well, in the hall. See, like the size of a Cessna. I've always wanted to drive either one. I wanted to drive the, the Blitz and Benz. Oh, yeah. God bless. Uh, uh, I've never been able to talk my way into the Blitz and Benz. Oh, and I have played something? that car. Wouldn't that be something? And I would like to play drive that 22 liter Fiat. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's also a couple. Well, I'd like to drive the Napier Railton. Uh, yes. But, oh, the Napier Railton. Check yeah. that bad boy out. Are you talking about the Bonneville? Well, the, well, the no, Bonneville the, car. Uh, yeah, oh. it was the yeah. Bonneville car. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. thing. This thing yeah. looks like a Blastoline creation. Uh, we're talking about. We're talking about Cobb, uh, the oh. driver. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking yeah. Cool. Well, I don't know. It might have been Cobb. Yeah. yeah. I get my. Uh, I get my now. death. My uh, my British aristocrats who had a death wish confused. <laughs> exactly. Death Campbell, by money. I yeah, call yeah, that Campbell, death by money. Right, death by money. The, today they just today, they just fly their airplane into a mountain. That's it's right. death I by know. money. Can you believe that? Uh, yeah. This, the I'm past telling two you. weeks have just been uh, all these rich guys have died in airplanes and taking poor. 
poor people out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Of, trickle down of, effect, uh, right? No, it really is. Yeah. It's more sort of augering in effect. Uh, speaking of ridiculous looking, uh, monopoly looking cars, I hear uh, I hear you worked on uh, the Blastoline special that Jay Leno has. Yeah, after Jay got it, it became the tank car. Yeah. And uh, as an engine guy, getting it, it came down like this. Jay's helped me out a lot. Uh, subtle favors, you know, or hey, c- come do a video with me. We'll put it on my website. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So I couldn't get even with him, and he wouldn't listen to me. So I, I just went. I wrote him a letter, and I said, "I want to catch up with you. Name the project. It's yours. We don't trade money. We're yeah. buds." The bottom line is, I'm I'm sitting at Methodist Hospital, got my 16-hour grandson in my lap, and my phone rings in my pocket, and I answer it, and he says, Hey, uh, what are you up to? I, I said, i got my grandson right here. He's just born, you know. What's his name? I says, Bronson, Bronson Banks. He says, oh, cool name. I want to turbocharge a tank car. It was like the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sudden subject change. You had to get over the pleasantry yeah, yeah. the whole but time. It, right? But it wasn't even a, a pregnant pause. Give, give Bronson just, a few years, though, and you put Bronson Banks in the tank car, yeah. and it's the manliest thing that's ever it's been an, driven down the road. It's an action movie, Bronson <laughs> Banks yes, with yes. the tank car. So, so I hear you've got a dinosaur problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to handle it for exactly. you. Yeah. Yeah. So get in the car with me. We're going to do it now. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> so it's 820 horsepower. It's 1,790 cubic inches. It's a V12. Uh, when you fire the thing, it sounds like World War II. That's because awesome. it is, Gail. You know, <laughs> right? What did it, wait, it had a Rolls Royce engine. In it? it had a, a uh, Continental. It's a Continental aircraft engine, air cooled, done by Continental towards Air-cooled. the end of World War II against the emerging jet technology, and the jet technology won, and it ended up in a tank. Now, here, there's such incredible backstory in this. You've heard of the Chrysler Hemi. Who hasn't? Yeah. Uh, except some of the younger marketing people at Chrysler who objected to the name Hemi <laughs> being used again. Yeah, because that uh, didn't work it, out very well no, for them, no, did it? Yeah, this one of them. So, always very quiet about a Hemi and something. So... In the Chrysler Museum, uh, near their their technical center, which they just closed the museum about a month ago for financial reasons, not enough Fiat's in it. The there was a Chrysler tank engine, which was five L head inline sixes on a common gear case. Jesus! So Holy it was a giant rotary, like a huge Wait, radial it was a engine. Radial thirty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. yeah, and and you could declutch any one of the engines if it coughed. What? You oh, know, really? if it died. So this thing is a monster, and that was their tank engine prior to this. So this, I mean, this so is they did the simplification con- of <laughs> Chrysler. Chrysler built tanks in Warren, Michigan. Uh, I think it's called Taycom today. It's a government deal, but. Chrysler Tank Division was there by the GM Tech Center. Mm-hmm. And um, suddenly, they're getting a license to build this V12 and put it in the M47 patent tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Sherman, whatever. I think it was the uh, Sherman tank. Was it was yeah. a Sherman, according but it's to an M- 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 M47, anyway. that, that vintage. 
This thing is a single overhead cam Hemi. First Hemi Chrysler ever built. Hmm. <laughs> and it's That's the only crazy. overhead cam Hemi they ever built either. <laughs> well, they've never done that. But yeah. what I'm saying is, I wonder where they got the idea. My, yeah. You know, go from L flathead, inline sixes. I had one in a boat. Uh, to this. It's cool. Wow. So and it then, went from 820 horse in, in his car to 1,600. Hmm. It turns 3,000 RPM maximum engine speed. So you're at 1,600 horsepower. Think of what the torque number is. And that's, yeah. that's the one that's it's got right the, around 3,000 pounds. Is that the car that has the crazy cha- chain drive transmission on no. it, too? No, no, that's, no, that's the Fiat. That, that's, that's the Fiat. That's a, that's a okay. repop deal. How much does the crank, ca- crank weigh? In and this uh, engine? Yeah, in that one. Uh, probably 1,000 pounds. Some My awesome. <laughs> Here, here's the bottom line. The car weighs 10,000 pounds. Yeah. It runs the same super singles on the back that we, we run on Pike's Peak on the semi. It's just a big, wide tire off of a, a semi-tractor. The steering At, rack's out of a bus, isn't it? A Greyhound bus, I think the steering rack is? I don't know. Yeah. The whole but but we, we, we put a Formula One Bosch uh, engine management system, <laughs> the only V12 one we could find. And it's the only uh, thing smart it was actually enough. from the V12 Formula One era. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Bosch came up with it. Uh, we're not and, using these anymore. So, and, and two of the Toyota V8 Indy turbos, which were mild boost, very efficient, lightweight, sexy things. And then we made all of the plumbing, all, all the exhaust, all the intake, everything looked deco like the car does. So, so it's all period correct. We hid the uh, electronic fuel injectors. Um, and it's just a sexy looking job. I, I want to get a, a pro photo session done one day. Anyhow, bottom line, out testing on the freeway, we're at like 80 miles an hour. We go to 50% throttle on that thing, black tracks. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's just these big super singles are put, putting That's terrifying. Inch, yeah. With that wheelbase, though, you should be able to yeah, rein that in, steady. no problem. That's, that's a, yeah. It well, has Randy no brakes. Uh, the, bra- the brakes are. The the, the the fine gentleman who built that thing, Randy Grubb, yes. Blastoline, is who is one of the nicest guys in the entire world. Uh, we've worked with those him are on some a few cool. Occasions. The, it's brothers, isn't it? Isn't yeah. there two of them? Well, they called the Blastoline brothers, yeah. but they're not actual brothers. They're, ah, they're their friends. last name isn't Blastoline. They're yeah. not. But, um, yeah. yeah, they're really the Schmedlap brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> have you seen the other stuff that he's Plastiline built? is a much more hip. Yeah, it's a cool name, isn't it? Yeah, so, and they do some very, name. very cool stuff. They're the great. RV is they're, unbelievable. They're unbelievable artists. Is What's what they the, are. Uh, the crazy stuff they make that with the rocket straps the side oh, of the bicycles. Oh, the pulse jet cycles. <laughs> I want. I want to be on oh, one, yeah, yeah. but I'm These retarded. These psychopaths <laughs> up there are putting twin pulse jet rockets on swings on yeah. bicycles. They this guy has a bicycle that does 90 miles an hour with two pulse jet. I rockets always. I it. always just think about what's this design speed of the bicycle tire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right it's like it's like the hull speed of a boat you know you can yeah, 10 yeah. zillion horsepower a on displacement a boat and it yeah won't go any faster absolutely a displacement hull you're done yeah, oh, well, yeah. This way. you're done i've done like 42 miles an hour downhill on a bicycle there's no fucking way you'd ever see me doing 90 miles yeah. an hour on hey, a bicycle uh, what would uh what would be Dance. Use your microphone. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Can you hear it? Check, check, check. It's not even working. It's not even on. You can do that. Yes, it is. It's on. Are you sure? Oh, there. It's perfect. You're not wearing your headphones. Just hold it in front of your mouth. Boy. 
I'm special. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize. Right I'm special. Fi- on his defense, it's in writing. Jesus. For those of you who can't give see Dan's vision with the microphone. Anyway, so uh, you have, have you ever done an unlimited, have you ever driven, piloted personally an unlimited hydroplane? No. I, have I, you I, ever been tempted to do <laughs> Yeah. I, I was the advisor to Circus Circus when they were running oh, the aircraft I remember, I remember those. That, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, is that not the craziest motorsport on God's green earth? Uh, that is that in top fuel. You is know, that I'll drive here than the boat autocross. Well, have you seen that? Uh, this is important. We have business to talk to uh, oh, talk to you about. You want to put me in one of your cars. I want to be in one of your. Cars. I hear you. Uh, I would. Do, I would do either Bonneville mm-hmm. or I would do Pikes Peak. Uh, you would. I'd be happy oh, to do either so one. Oh, wait a minute. You, wait a minute. Dan, with your time. Ha- ha- Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a real humanitarian, aren't I? Uh, I got. Uh, I got to say something, Dan. You've got balls. If you want to, if you want to do Pike's Peak, whoa, yeah, sure. That's a testosterone deal. Well, I mean, listen, or if I, if or, I, or you have nerves of steel. I mean, that's the most dangerous. You think? I don't think I'm I'd be very hydrogen? fast at it. Uh, oh well, okay. I mean, I'll go for just, it, but I'm not going to go a hydroplane yeah. off a cliff, Dan. You know, here's the truth, and you you know this very well. Uh, today's passenger cars. I do it in any passenger car. I don't care what I, it is. I would for do it. I do Pike's Peak in any passenger. Any, with any, all the safety systems. Any road car. Yeah, it, yeah, you, yeah. It, you cannot fail. McLaren, no problem. Yeah. Sure. It'd just uh, it'd be a de- drive in the country. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you'd, you'd really look uh, at yeah. what speed. Well, you know, very fast drive in the country. I mean, well, I fast what, canyon driving. Speed here's the truth: is, is that between speed. you, me, anybody, uh, and a professional driver in a road car, the mm-hmm. delta is that not that much different because right. we can approximate the maximum uh, uh, performance of that car yes. on road tires, mm-hmm. yes, almost as well as a professional driver. The difference comes in ro- in, in very racing fast cars, cars, yeah, as it gets mm-hmm. increasing. I mean, even there. someone like you who operates a microphone the way a monkey <laughs> operates an iPhone. <laughs> hello, hello. That's how. That's I got to send him in Blake. It's like Jerry Lewis. Here's the solution. The solution for those of you who remember Jerry Lewis. That's right. Yeah, I remember that great. Maybe the day the clown cried, but uh, you have to let Dan have one of your cars for Bonneville, and it's going to be the Jetta. Actually, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take the Jetta. Hell yeah, the Bonneville. Have you driven it, Bonneville? Yeah, I. I yeah, I thought uh, you did. I have an unlimited speed license from the FIA, a hard card. Uh, oh, and, sweet! Uh, so stick that in your pipe. Yep, 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 yep. And what uh, I could drive to Bonneville right now and go in unlimited speed. Yes, but the, uh, the helicopter may not be there to pick you up when. Uh, <laughs> Who needs? I'm just going to not crash. Have you uh, have you taken your C5 to Bonneville? Yeah. No, we've done we've done El Mirage a yeah. bunch. I haven't done Bonneville. Uh, I haven't anyway. found myself in Utah. Uh, Did you I'll take tell you, the, I tell you, El Mirage? No, I'm thinking other cars. Okay. Uh, going up Pikes Peak first first year I ran with Dallenbach, Paul. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, well, he's not really nuts. He's not. Because I saw his really crash good. from last year, and that looks scary as hell. <laughs> that was a crew error. Right. Well, he got back in the car the next year, so he's that was not he got, he got well. He actually got in. Yes, he did. He got in Reese Millen's car. Yeah. Well, he and, got an odd car and beat him by a microsecond. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the bottom line, first time he. I turboed the car. It was 680 horse, and we made it 1307. So, other <laughs> systems in the car, you know, it's were kind of. And so, 
you know, he's driving it and he records this in his mind. It's, a, it's amazing. I get in his personal car and we drive to the mountain and I'm recording it. I'm videoing the damn thing because he's telling me I can carry speed here, I need this, I need that. I mean, it's 156 turns. Mm. And he's telling me the detail of every turn and every straight in vivid detail. How long has he been and, driving that, the Pikes Peak? Oh, he's the master of the mountain okay. today. I mean, honestly, uh, there are guys uh, such as the fellows from France, Sebastian Loeb. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, what's his monster, face? The Japanese you know, guy. Tajima. Well, yeah, yeah Mats- Monster Tajima. He's gone electric. Pussy. There you go, babe. Not the pussy about it. You go off the mountain as fast as an electric car. You're pimping electric cars over here earlier, so. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like electric cars. I think yeah. they're great for passenger vehicles, but I think that there's also room for fun cars that burn, oh, and, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. burn fuel. There's None room, of this. There's room for all technologies. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. None it of depends this on, it depends on, yeah. Don't count anybody out. Uh, so going up that, going up that mountain... I, I came to realize this is the most dangerous frickin' thing I've ever done in my life, and I'm just riding in his And you're just in his regular car. car going regular speed. No, he's not going regular speed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Even though you know he's not going to go off the mountain in, in a million years, it still must have been pretty unnerving. Yeah, the only off that I know of that he's had was last year, and I had the damn thing up to 1,400 horse, and it's, it's a mid-engine car with a Lola transaxle and a 930 Porsche jive in the back end and it was really man the car was working uh, hmm. worked first, right into the woods yeah <laughs> first first straight he goes to wide open throttle and when he lifts it's still wide open throttle so now he's looking for a place to put the car and there's this snow fence on the outside of the turn that he went off uh, that tells people don't stand here like a minute before, the sheriff had just cleared all, all the people out of there. Mm-hmm. So he goes off. He cuts down a bunch of trees. He's got a merit badge for lumberjack. <laughs> Those were great pictures, by that, the way. The video was oh, nuts. Yeah. We had like six video. GoPros yeah. and three of them survived. Imagine that. Yeah. So there was nothing left but his compartment, the tubing around him, and the engine behind him. Everything else was wiped off, uh, kind of depleting the energy as, as he finally came to rest sideways against Crumple the zones. tree. So, yeah. so the, the, the deal was he was way over a buck 40 when he went off. Hmm. And to get back in a car and do it again. So I'm saying he's nuts. You know, yeah. But what, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe you're right. I mean, he's not yeah. nuts for going. He's nuts yeah. for getting back in a car. I saw that crash. I'm not going back to Pikes Peak after I crash like that. That's that, crazy. That's the ultimate yeah. rush. Why would you want not want to do that crazy. rush again? You like know, uh, he's driven everything else fast. Like especially wh- if I've been the, if I've been doing Pikes Peak as long as him. It's like okay. By the way, it ran on methanol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most What is the most power you've ever made in a in a in a, in a passenger vehicle? I mean, it could be a race car, but not a, not a semi truck or a boat or something. A passenger sized vehicle, anyway. Okay. Uh, had a customer in Johannesburg, Peter Manellis, back of about 82. He had this land speed record with a, one of my road race, five liter, 930 horse, small blocks in a German Capri. 
Wow. He finally, wanted, you made it, you have finally Audi was starting this Quattro John Buffum thing. Mm-hmm. You're not old enough, are you, Dan? Audi 100s? With the you, you remember Buffum and all those uh, guys? I don't. I didn't, never met them. It was the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow, the, they, they did the Quattro thing. Uh, they did the turbo thing, and they really got it right. And all that got banned. They, the rally. Groupie rallying yeah, stuff. They yeah, just, they, they yeah, just yeah, owned yeah. the world. They brought that technology to to uh, South Africa, South Africa, to blow off Manilis and take the record. So he orders a Firebird from me, and it was one of this gestation things. Where, uh, what's the most power you could give me? And I gave him some number. It was eight something, and he says, "Well, um, how about you take one of your your offshore marine engines and yada 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 and <laughs> and I've so it was eleven 1, hundred horsepower." And in it was sixty-seven thousand dollars. I was going to say uh, nineteen eighty-two. Oh yeah. Understand, understand. When car and driver tested our car, they got the best skid pad number on street tires. We broke a G. Wow! First time ever. That's and, still impressive today. And our Firebird set their slalom course record against the likes of Porsche at all. Well, I bet with if this you look- American Iron and Herb. Herb. I don't know if you ever heard of Herb Adams. Uh, hmm. He was in there with DeLorean when they did the GTO and road raced the Firebirds back in the day. Uh, I just got a letter from him yesterday, living living down in Pine Piney Creek. Not so lucky yeah. for DeLorean. Yeah, the DeLorean's gone. But <laughs> the, this car had, the 82 Firebird had the best arrow of any car ever built anywhere in a production form, ever. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So once you, uh, the first once year we the slicked, we we, we 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 went into uh, yeah, the wind the tunnel. Gen. We went to a GM wind tunnel, and we brought the drag coefficient uh, almost to the mid twos. You know, like wow. a, a two sixty. And you know, we did a we did a nose piece. We did a whale tail, which had a Pontiac part number. Thing was slippery. We shipped the car to. He wants to go two forty at. Like 6,000, 6,200 feet. That's where Johannesburg is. Mm -hmm. So we're down on density. Mm -hmm. I gear it. I I, I calc the thing out because it's close to Bonneville. And I'm going, okay, you want to go 240. Uh, We ship it over. One of my guys goes over, takes it off the, the dock and delivers it to him. And he goes to the speed trial and he runs 406 kph. Is this it right here? No, it's That's a blue like, car. Oh, it's blue. Yeah, it's a solid blue okay. sleeper. He wanted me. He wanted to street race it. Well, it didn't last that long. Anyhow, he ran four hundred six. You said four hundred six, which is like two fifty two. Yeah, it's wow. Two fifty two. Exactly. Yeah. I think. A what? The Bugatti Veyron, I think, went like 407. Well, wait a minute. We did that in 83. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Bugatti owes you the Bugatti a Bugatti has a really a lot better air conditioning. Uh, I'll bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> Although we did have that. That R4 compressor on there, the GM deal. Anyhow, oh, yeah. this guy drives this, this thing all this time. About four or five years ago, he gets into Ferraris, and he wants to sell it back to me. The damn thing's still running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot to be said for American hot rodding. That's all I'm saying. Did you buy it back? I mean, no, I didn't buy it back. back. Not that much to be said in Brad American. Did you bring that thing back to Bonneville? Hmm? Uh, there's, yeah. Hot okay. Rod, back then. Yeah. Okay, but let's talk about Bonneville in the future. 
okay, I'm doing a streamliner. Right. Like uh, the, the, the British have the uh, diesel record at 350 flat, mm-hmm. which they did with about, here we go, money versus hot rodding again. $17 million was the expenditure. They had um, an equipment company, had a racing engine built off the architecture, by that, by that I mean bore centers and deck heights, and the, of, of their industrial engine. Uh, I can't remember its initials, uh, the name of the JWD or something. JCB. They oh, right. Went, JCB, right. Yeah. The heavy equipment. And they ran a front engine and a rear engine, all-wheel drive, and they went 350. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that was... Uh, like four or five uh, years ago. It was ago. A kind of a crazy stunt, but it got mm-hmm. some ink. Yeah. It's a good-looking thing. Sure Ricardo was. designed the engines and made all mm-hmm. that hap- happen. They're diesels. Mm-hmm. So it's 10 liters. Uh, and, and it's all-wheel drive. And it's this class uh, um, uh, unlimited diesel in the SCTA? It's actually... It's FIA. It's FIA yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an FIA meet there every year for streamliners now. And it's uh, unlimited diesel is the record. I don't know that it's unlimited. It fits into an FIA category, but it is the fastest, world's fastest diesel-powered vehicle. Uh-huh. I've got a liner that, like 25 years ago, 30 years ago, with a 300-inch 53 DeSoto engine, 40% nitro and a 1271 blower, making about 12... 1250 horsepower the damn thing ran 382 two-wheel drive <laughs> and a three-speed turbo hydro why all with wheel, a torque converter why all-wheel drive uh, well wait three it's times a, the it, new car there's a it. coefficient of friction issue at bonneville there really is all right uh, i ran with altig for years and the fastest that car went was 432 that was a serious uh nitro supercharged late model chrysler mm-hmm. and there were years when the salt was so soft that it was agricultural. I mean, we yeah. were doing six-inch deep furrows with the rear tires. That is the awesome. weirdest thing yeah. at, at Bonneville yeah. when you're furrowing. You know, you, you shouldn't the be there. Furrowing. You just freaking shouldn't shouldn't be there. Right. <laughs> it's once a year. You worked all year. Right. Yeah. And, and the, you know, and the stuff will build up on the inside of a wheel. Exactly. A wheel well, a wheel. Wheel. Yeah. Oh hell, we've gotten uh, that just at El Mirage, just with the dust. Never yeah, mind the that's, salt that's, flat. That's, so, so are you going to so, pull out this old car, put a new motor in it, and go back? The, the, the fella uh, who who I've known since she was a child, Mike Cook. I wasn't working on the car. And I want to do this. I'm, I'm working on the engine and the gearbox and all the rest of it. It's at Mike's shop. Mike is bringing it up to current standards for safety. And Mike Cook runs the FIA meets for the streamliners anyway. Mm-hmm. He, okay. called, he called me a few days ago. i got to return the call. I know what it's all about. Speed week is over. And now he's going to go up my tail and say, "Come on, Banks, let's get this thing done." So uh, I'll uh, I'll go three hundred. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really want to go three eighty. You want to take a lap? Well, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to pedal it. If you want to breeze it, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. just take it and breeze if it. If you yeah. just give me just a little more caster on that thing, I'll be happy. <laughs> like, you know, there, the there might be uh, some it it yeah. I hope so. Yeah. three hundred considered breezing it. Yeah. You know, Fuck I'll breeze it. <laughs> I, 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 first of all, yeah. don't don't be don't be uh, don't be you know monkey with my my story idea. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what are you hey, doing here? You know what? Yeah. You know what? we won't cover it at all. We'll just drive. I, I was going to say right there now. might be somebody that might be interested in filming it, but I don't know. I don't know. It seems crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's that. Uh-huh. Uh, the dragster um, is sitting in the NHRA museum. I've done a blown diesel with zoomies. Looks like a top fuel motor. Uh-huh. Just supercharging. No is it on a rail frame? Yeah, it's a 272-inch back motor Spitzer, uh-huh. what they call a slimp joint car. The car arches in the center. It's diesel. Uh, arches I in the center? Yeah. Like, how much does it arch? Uh, you can tune it. It's got two two different tuning points. On is there the actually a, like a, there's a joint there? Yes. Oh. In what the are, upper frame rail. What is that, what is that for? What is it's that? To, to help plant the slicks. Okay. What's so, that so it kind of arches and shoves it back, and then you still get because the frame bends, it pushes it into the ground, and the arrow yeah. also works. Yeah, and wow. and it's it sounds intuitive, and it works. It's it's a tuning point. That's amazing. I yeah, that. that's crazy. Yeah, and I, it, it's the sixty foot time you're looking for yeah. with that mechanism. Uh, that that the sixty foot time determines whether you whether you're lose. competitive yeah. or not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the top field yeah. races are won by nothing. You know, it's a, it's a hair. I know. Yeah, a, a Unless you ventilate the motor, you know. But you're right. Top fuel guys will run side by side. If they don't kick out a rod or a hole goes out, they're right with each other. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just um, within hundreds. You never hear, oh, yeah. by a mile, if they both, <laughs> no, no. If they both run. If, if yeah. a guy goes up in smoke or whatever, but, man... Uh, a great top fuel race is something to be. What blows my mind about yeah. top fuel is even like in person, especially. The, yes, the horsepower, the, the the low frequency. Yeah. Beating against your 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 diaphragm or your bladder, liquefying your intestines. <laughs> yeah. You know. Just the, just the compression. Plus, older it. guys, the bladder. Uh, the bladder. It's a nap yeah, it's, comment. It's, it's, Thank it's, you for that. Yeah, it's <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind. The um, uh, well, you said well, we gotta we have to end this podcast soon. But the last question you, you said you made 1100 horsepower in a 1982 Firebird. But I, I, in modern yeah. technology, must have I know for a fact you could I could buy an engine off your website right now that makes double that. Mm-hmm. So so what's what's pushing it today? Okay, I'll tell you what I'm after. I'll, uh, I'll lay it out for you. I'm I'm doing a '68 Camaro, my son's car, Andrew. He bought it when he was 15. He's 31. Mm-hmm. It's still not done, <laughs> uh, but it is the one of the most beautiful chassis jobs you have ever seen. This is a streetable road race car, but it's a sophisticated street streetable road race car. What I want to do, and this this methanol water thing, is like crack to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, once you experience this stuff, it's like, oh my god, and it's so affordable. Yeah. So so I'm going with this and proper charge air cooling, and proper structure within the engine. I think I can take a seven liter diesel or a seven liter gasoline burning engine, and make two thousand streetable horsepower. Mm. My goal with his car was the LSX. Yeah, yeah. LSX yeah use that. Or the, the so I'm reaching out to the guys I know at Chevy. I want to know if if I what I do is I make the crankshaft with bigger rod journals mm-hmm. that makes the crank infinitely stronger. Yeah, and just a tiny gives me more bearing in area. Circumference on that is going to. And be, I get the, yeah. the the bearing so big that I can't put the rod through the bore to assemble the engine. So I can't the parting line on the rod cap about 40, 45 degrees. So I've got a crankshaft that is just brutally strong. 
and I do steel pistons. So I can pump temperature into them, make cylinder pressure. So it, it comes down to, this is all the stuff I've done for these boat engines, Navy engines. It comes down to, will, what's the structural integrity of the LSX block? Yeah. Am I going to push the crank out onto the street? <laughs> what's going to happen? So I'll find out on the dyno, because that's where I'll run. You might want to talk. The, uh, the but 2,000 streetable horsepower is sick and wrong. How yeah, do you do, there really you know, is. It's so wrong that it's wrong. I know there's traction. one shop you know, that's really pushed us out. Traction, who gives it? You know, it's, there, is there is no traction. Talk to the good autocross car. The Nelson guys, the Nelson racing guys, those guys specialize in those LSX builds. They can probably tell you what the upper they've limits never, are on that. They've never, yeah. They've ne never done this. Yeah, it's like, well, have you heard of <laughs> no. them? Have you heard of Nelson ever? <laughs> I'm sure you have. Yeah. That's like someone going to me, like, have you ever read this site? It's called Jalopnik. Like, yeah. yeah. Of course. Well, I just mean it. Those, those no. guys, most of their stuff is LSX builds. Yeah, so but 2,000 yeah. and streetable yeah. until now have not gone together. I mean, yeah. they just, it just doesn't fly. Well, I think there's a lot of people that say streetable. That's, That's such bullshit. Sure. It's a very broad now, definition. Now, great point. Thank you for that. Streetable to, to me is I can drive at 150,000 miles. Right. That would That's be streetable. streetable. Yeah. Streetable is it's tractable. It's a pleasure. It's yeah. not obscene. That's okay. streetable. Because I agree with that. Because I, especially back when I was reading Hot, Ma Hot Rod magazines, but it's continued today where it's like, oh, street ready, 1500 horsepower, and the you know it's got to you got to tune it every two weeks, and the person fires it up, it's just like, and it's like it just shakes its ass down the street, and you're like, well, it's on I, the street, I, I but that's be, not streetable. I may be just dreaming, but I, I'm I'm sure as hell gonna yeah. give it a go. The turbos, I was you up to this point, I I had 1600 horsepower worth of air. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I was at. Uh, I think I can carry uh, a bit more, a, a bit more compressor by doing a super turbo like I've done on the truck and like I've done on the marine engines, mm -hmm. where I use the positive displacement device to punch you out of the hole, and then I take that offline and bring on two turbochargers sized for mid-range to top end. Usually so the they don't have to do the, would, uh, the job at the bottom. Right. So you're not into this weird-ass sequencing or any of that. So you're trying to cut but your son you, out of the will. But usually the, uh, the supercharger <laughs> limits the power that the turbos can make on the top end. Doesn't that become the choke point at a certain point? Yeah, but I, uh, my ECUs that I do on the diesels, uh -huh. I, I've got a, a, if you will, uh, an app in there that, that allows me to control the the pneumatic routing. So air into the supercharger out of the hole, then I valve the air around the supercharger. Yeah, it's still spinning, but it's parasitic. So it's like almost 15 like, it's like having a wastegate, but on the inlet of the supercharger. It's a cold, it's a cold side diversion system. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Butterfly valve. Yeah, it makes is. Sense. It's a motor-driven butterfly. That's really yeah. cool. Oh, cool, all right. Yeah. Well, Gail, so, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's been good. I'll keep you posted on the 2,000 horsepower madness. See what you want. Keep an eye out. At what horsepower level do chihuahuas automatically get sucked into the engine? Actually, we on the on the semi, we have three large air filters, 
and there's a warning label about chihuahuas and little old ladies <laughs> to keep them away from it's so much I air. Have been, it's probably legit. Too. I have been next to that thing. You can feel that thing sucking air in four amazing? or five feet away. It, it is amazing. Yeah, 8.3 liter screw, screw blower turning Good you know 11,000 RPM. You, you at literally the top. can feel the induction on that thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And the labels really do exist. They're on there. <laughs> oh, I've seen awesome. the pictures. Yeah, the, the guys in the art department are nuts. You have to send us a picture of that one. Okay, we'll do. Smoking Tire Podcast is brought to you by Dylan Optics Sunglasses. Yeah. World's best sunglasses. That's, that's not even an ad. I just say that because they are. You buy them off our site, smokingtire.com. Read our stuff. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and etc. Go to our store. We Go to our store, store and buy our t-shirts. In our store, you get t-shirts. In Gail's store, you get $25,000 crate diesel engines and make $1,500 <laughs> horsepower. He has a much better store than us. Yeah, check out Gail's stuff at bankspower.com. Thank you, you. Do you rock your social media? You guys do social media? We're all over it. All right. Yeah. Where do we find you? Twitter? Facebook. Facebook, Gail yeah. Banks. Banks Power? Banks, Banks Power. Insider, I think, is the Facebook. All right. Yeah. Banks Insider. All right, gentlemen. Thank you for coming. Dan Neal. If uh, if anyone sees Dan Neal uh, in a flying spur on the way to Pebble Beach, run him off the road. Absolutely. Do us all a favor. <laughs> He's going to see her. Find his I, stuff I at WSJ. I, I want to lead, lead his, his life. Has oh, Dan be has magic. all. All you it have has to do to is get the magic. wealthiest readership in the country, and you can get the keys to everything. <laughs> Dan is the epitome of will work for keys. Get your own <laughs> damn podcast. Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. It's a good Sorry. plug, isn't it, Dan? It's great. I'm I gonna came up with that. I'm going to get Dan's one right now. Yeah. As soon as Dan I find Neal's a microphone. Gonna, uh, he's, gonna have, he's addicted to that you microphone. See, you now. need the bendy arm. You're the perfect uh, candidate for the bendy arm. We'll get you set out of practice with it. I need that. All right, boys. Next week on the podcast, we got a trifecta of Jalopnik All-Stars coming by. See you fools then.